we've often heard of the, about the strong relationship between the Irish and Quebec. It goes back, um, maybe not as far as Newfoundland, but probably would be next after Newfoundland. And Joan Lonergan is the president of the Irish Heritage Society in Quebec City. And uh, Joe, I'm delighted to see us sitting across from me, and we're going to hear a little bit about some of the strengths of that relationship because we all know about Gross Seal and we all know about some of that but some of the more, uh, I suppose, ongoing things that go on in the Irish community within Quebec particularly the St. Patrick's Day Parade which again has a long history. Joe, first of all, welcome. Thank you very much, Austin. Um, so when, let's talk about St. Patrick's Day Parade and some of the celebrations of Irishness in Quebec that continue to happen. Well, uh, of course, we've... Uh, there were St. Patrick's Day Parade was revitalized uh, uh, in 19, in uh, 2010 right. by a uh, Sligo man, uh, Peter Farrell. Okay. Peter Farrell came over and uh, he wanted to put on a uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade and uh, uh, he was putting it off somewhat and uh, Mariana sort of prodded him and insisted that uh, it happened that year, which was a good thing because she was the Grand Marshal of the first revitalized parade, and then she died later that year. And that's so Marianne Gallagher. That's right. And Marianne, Marianne of course, Gallagher. had been a great historian and had worked diligently to help document the long tradition between of the Irish and Quebec. That's correct. And yes. she, she was actually the founder of uh, the organization of which I'm president, Irish Heritage Quebec. Right. So now you mentioned that was when the, it was re-established as such, but the first record of a parade oh, here would I just believe, be... I believe there was a bit of a procession or parade as far back as uh, 1819, you know... Uh, Way before the famine. Yes, well, oh yes, well before the famine, and uh, they'd have their, yeah, they'd have their little uh, get-togethers and uh, minor parades for uh, St. Patrick's Day, but in the 1860s I'd say that really a more formidable parade. Because again at that stage after the famine there would have been a higher yes. part. Now before the famine there was still strong connections between Ireland and Quebec oh, and, and oh, yes. many people had arrived. Yes there was by, by the 18 uh, after 1800, 1805 there was a steady trickle of uh, Irish immigrants and it uh, became even stronger by the 1830s and turned to a flood in the 1840s. And of course we all know that like in, when we moved down the St. Lawrence to the Lachine Canal, the Irish were there building that and mm -hmm. then well, of course they were building the, the Rideau mm -hmm. Canal and that's 1826-1832. Yeah. And as I recall, uh, the Irish were very influential in the uh, communications, in, in printing or in, in what would have been journalism. Sure, uh, there's a Daniel Tracy who was running a newspaper I think in Montreal and uh, he died during the cholera epidemic 1832 unfortunately and, and likewise uh, the Irish then uh, integrated quickly and got into business and would have had a major influence on commerce in the city mm -hmm. yes. uh, and those names of some of the people who would have been influential from way back still come through in a variety of forms be it the names of streets or things like that mm -hmm. so what type of uh, who, who are, are there names that come to mind uh, pre, you're talking pre-famine? Pre-famine. Yeah, well, let's see. There was uh, Cannon and Horan um, and uh, Maguire. Uh, these were very strong. Uh, Connolly, right. influential uh, people. Right. Uh, some of them were on the uh, 
reform patriot side of the uh, division here and somewhere were on the government side like right. uh, Omira I suppose and Daly um, now one of the things I know yesterday we I was had the privilege of going out to Grosseal and um, there's one of the islands out there which is occupied by the O'Briens and I understand that's going back along there's a long history of that or is it O'Briens Island uh, next up from Mille d'Orléans or uh, there's O'Briens living on it uh, there may be O'Briens yeah. I'm not familiar uh, with okay. that okay it was the, the Le Chances are, they were telling that story okay. yeah. Yeah, right. yeah the island up from Bombardier's guy okay yeah, yeah I do recall but yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't absorb I've heard them say, tell that story but I haven't absorbed it right okay yeah. so th- then come the famine we all know there was this huge influx of people who came in mm-hmm. through Grosseal mm-hmm. and then after they passed through the quarantine station came down into Quebec Mm-hmm. But in many cases, they were still incubating the uh, disease. So even though they had come through Grosseal and arrived in Quebec, Quebec suffered from absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the, the quarantine situation uh, uh, system on the uh, in 1847 wasn't effective. Yeah, because uh, as you say, they they got through and uh, whatever they carried with the typhoid, yeah, uh, it spread in Quebec City too. So there were people who were dying in the Marine Hospital and. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and they and took it on down to Montreal, Montreal and, and then thousands even on dying in the sheds down there. Yeah, yeah, and likewise, even as far as Toronto. Sure. So, sure. while on the one hand, Grosseal was meant to, to try to isolate um, because of the lack of knowledge at the time about health and all the right. rest, an awful lot got through yeah. and wreaked havoc mm-hmm. on the populations of people. Mm-hmm. So, then um, within Quebec City itself, also, many of the uh, people who would have then come and settled would have intermarried and would have uh, become very much part of Quebec community life. Yes, uh, a great number of them married, of course, Irish people. Uh, yeah. uh, p- Irish people were already here, or uh, but uh, yes, some of them uh, intermarried with the French Canadian was was easy enough because they shared the Catholic religion. Many of them did in any case. And then when you talk religion, of course, the influence of the church both on church, school, hospitals, everything else in that aspect of life was, was uh, Quebec City, I won't say was impacted by it, but it was impacted oh, by it. Oh, it certainly was, yeah, yeah. Uh, everything where we can consider uh, social service now was uh, it affiliated evolved, with the, uh, the Catholic evolved, Church, and yeah. of course the Protestant communities had their own... Uh, their own network, they had their own hospital. Now, many places in North America, the uh, Catholic communities were served by what were nuns and priests that may have come from Ireland. Mm-hmm. But Quebec itself, having a very strong Catholic, French Catholic ethos, mm-hmm. would have meant that they were probably being served by French clergy. Yes, they were. So there wouldn't have been the same requirement as there may have been in other places. So did, was it necessary to as such import um, Irish priests to service the Irish community? In, in, the, in the early days, uh, yes, they imported uh, a lot of the uh, Irish priests like Father McMahon. Uh, a lot of them would have got their education in, um, in France, right. actually, and come over here or um, there were priests who came over from Ireland early, very early on. There was a Father Paisley. Actually, he was a convert. I believe he was from Galway. Right. And, uh, but he, he became a Catholic. And uh, even before Father McMahon, there was a Father Paisley, right. oddly enough, yeah. who was very uh, influential with the, uh, the small but growing Irish community here. Right. So 
Initially, yes, but uh, then you had uh, Irish men who were born here who went into the seminaries, seminaries, French yes. seminaries, to become uh, priests to deal with the Irish communities. Like right. uh, there were Maguire, Father Maguire. Yeah. So as time went on, um, you get demographic changes, you get floods of people coming in, going out, um, and migration happening in all directions. So I know that, again, part of the history is coming through Grassfield. Many people would have settled here, and many would have continued on down to the U.S. and the other mm -hmm. parts of Canada. Mm -hmm. But over the 150 years that were that of Canadian history as such that we're now celebrating, the strength of the Irish community within Quebec must have... Uh, weakened, strengthened, weakened, strengthened. And in that context, how would you define it now? I'd say it is uh, uh, genetically it's strong, but culturally it's uh, certainly weakening. It's, 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 it's a, a struggle. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'd say an awful lot of uh, French Canadians by now have uh, Irish DNA in their uh, system. Right. But uh, that their, their connection with Irish culture is somewhat limited because. Uh, not I, for, I, for example, both my mother and father were uh, of an Irish background, and their parents and their parents. But some of uh, some of us, it's been uh, numerous generations that we've been marrying into French Canadians. Right. But, uh, they might be one sixteenth Irish, yeah. you know. Yeah. And 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 of course, the the we are sorry, I should say being a city as it is, Quebec. You know, there is a tendency for people to migrate to places that either somebody that they know has gone before or a relative has been there. Um, which I suppose, I won't, I, I, I won't say gives an advantage, but does give an advantage to what might be the English-speaking parts of Canada. Mm -hmm. So, do you see fresh blood coming into Quebec City? That uh, helps keep uh, the, the... Irish uh, people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, I know seven, eight, ten... Uh, native-born Irish people yeah. and uh, they're blend, blending into the uh, population here but uh, every Irish immigrant I know living in Quebec City now is married to a French Canadian okay and uh, or no I like I know one he's married to a, a Danish immigrant but uh, because Bill 101 they have to send their kids through the French system okay so uh, that that, uh, that makes a difference. But in that context then, is it a strength that because um, in a way they're in, in a cultural minority situation that there's a greater uh, desire to connect with their own? Whereas I would say one of the challenges in English Canada is that because you arrive into English Canada and everybody speaks English, you don't mm -hmm. need each other. Would you see that there is a strength in the, in that? Uh, no, no, I, I, I don't see that as a fact happening. You know, uh, some of them they say, "Well, here we are, and it's our it's our chance to learn French," and they they do learn French. They right. do not necessarily uh, look around and target a, an Irish organization and join it. Okay. Uh, not necessarily. I guess there's not enough of us left to do that. Um, so not, some some do. I have, uh, but not uh, not all Irish immigrants feel the necessity of joining Irish Heritage. Yeah. Some do. Right. Some don't. And to that end, then when it comes to the sustaining, the, the strength that Irish Heritage Quebec brings to mm -hmm. the table. Um, 
do you find that it is difficult to continue to attract an adequate level of interest that at times makes you wonder will you survive? Uh, currently I, th I feel we're alright, the next generation I worry about. Right. You know? right. Like so when we mentioned early Mariana Gallagher, you know, at, um, someone like her became a beacon in, in, in a way mm -hmm. and she drew people around her and mm -hmm. like in, in uh, Montreal you have uh, Michael Keneally and mm -hmm. Concordia mm -hmm. so within the university in, in Montreal you have this beacon also mm -hmm. do you have something that stands out in Quebec City that people easily identify with and say I do want to belong to that I would say uh, well Irish Heritage Quebec has plays that function to an extent and uh, the parade uh, certainly generates lots of uh, enthusiasm at that at that time of year. Right. Um, beyond that, um, it's hard. It's hard. And yet, one would think that given that you have Brazil particularly on your doorstep, mm -hmm. and that the number of people who visit. Um, and pass through and mm -hmm. that Grossil is such a, a powerful uh, reminder mm -hmm. of the Irish relationship mm -hmm. you would think that if we, it would make it that little bit easier for you to... to yeah, well uh, like a lot of people will blow in to Quebec City or end up going to uh, Grossil and be completely unaware that there's, uh, there's still an Irish a, cultural a, a organization in Quebec City, yeah, you know yeah. like uh, I was there uh, three weeks ago and uh, we met a couple there from Ontario yeah. who were Irish visiting it because one of their ancestors had died there but uh, they were completely oblivious to our yeah. existence you know yeah and like you know the number of towns around about that have such strong Irish connections being mm -hmm. Shannon but not even just Shannon which is very much an Irish name but some of the other ones that that again uh, were home for mm -hmm. so many yeah uh, no like those outlying well Shannon in particular a number of our members are uh, from Shannon, and yeah. uh, I'll participate in the Shannon uh, Shannon Irish show every year. You know, we still uh, we still make connections. Right. You know, like and, I had a and of course, the former mayor of Shannon is a great resident of, of Ottawa, Maureen Maher. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Maureen Maher, yeah, I know her well. Yes, <laughs> So, as you look to the future, then. Um, do you have yeah you, you say you have concerns when it comes to the next yeah, generation yeah the next generation it's, it's hard to know how it's going to go you know who's, who's going to pick it up yeah I, I suppose organizations a lot of organizations uh, worry about that uh, in general I mean Irish Heritage Quebec basically is an English speaking organization and English speaking organizations in Quebec uh, uh, community organizations I would say they probably all have that concern about how how they're going to go because there are lots of newcomers come in but a lot of the newcomers who come in are not necessarily going to stay. Yes, yeah. they'll come in and maybe five, ten years they might move out. So when you say it's an English organization, like given that during the famine, during the, that period mm -hmm. of, of the 1840s, 1850s, when so many children mm -hmm. uh, of the Irish were, were um, embraced and became integrated into uh, families in mm -hmm. Quebec and so many names, Irish names, survive in French families mm -hmm. um, um, I know there's Cassidy, there's um, Sylvain, there's a whole lot of names, yeah. Burke mm -hmm. Would you say that there is um, or is there a parallel organisation in the French community 
that feels uh, that sense of heritage of Irish um, are, are that you're aware of? No, in, not, in, not in Quebec City. Uh, there's French people who are basically French speaking yeah. who would come to Iri- who are members of Irish Heritage right. Quebec who will come to some of our events and right. uh, but they don't have a there's not a there's not, there's not, that not a francophone Irish not that organization a sense of ownership no right, right. no and and they're they're always very welcome but because of our, our, the people who have uh, the core of our group who have an interest in Irish culture because they're English speaking uh, we, we carry out yeah. all our uh, activities in English you know? because I, I, I'm thinking in terms of for example with the music Mm-hmm. And I know there was a group, Le Bon de Nord, who recently toured in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And um, so much of the Irish music and dance uh, has similarities with yes. uh, yeah. our the, uh, Quebecois music and dance uh, has mm-hmm. a strong influence from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, I suppose those young, young people like Le Bon de Nord while they would see their connection on one level mm-hmm. would not necessarily connect it on another level being the ancestry level mm-hmm. that's right uh, and some of this there may be no connection with on an ancestral you know it may be just pure cultural music pure cultural music as you say like Carillon went to Ireland and he picked up a lot of uh, tunes and brought them over here and a lot of people play them here as traditional music and they may have no Irish in their DNA at all right but they simply love the music yeah because well again they're coming from the same yeah. roots music in a way yeah yeah, yeah. amazing um, so you know it, it is one of the great challenges of the modern world that given the improved communications on one level mm-hmm. and the accessibility of so much on another level mm-hmm. it actually has become a bigger challenge to maintain what is the richness of a, an historic culture mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, so, um, would you have you any wise words that you would suggest you'd like to put out there? Invitations? Do you? Uh, and if this goes out there, and um, you have a website, you have uh, we have Facebook. a website. We're on Facebook. Facebook. Uh, I just say I'm sure everybody in Quebec, Quebec City and Greater Quebec City area are aware of Irish Heritage Quebec. But anybody uh, who is not, or anybody coming in who intends to stay here for a while or permanently, they'd be, would be delighted. So the other thing, Joe, then is, do you, um, um, from time to time, I think you you do an occasional talk. Uh, you have do you, during a year. Yeah, yeah. Every every second Monday uh, from September through June, we have a presentation. Okay. Yeah, in the basement of St. Patrick's Church, McMahon Hall. And um, sometimes I give it, sometimes uh, John Kinda gives it, but ordinarily we have guest speakers <coughs> in. Like we're going to have a fellow in from St. Agathe, Lobinier in September, Steve Cameron. We're going to have Michael Collins, who did that famine run uh, last uh, two years ago, I think. Yeah. We're going to have him in in October. Right. Yeah. And, and I must say, I put the invitation to you, and I put it to John O'Connor when I was talking to him uh, off air, uh, and that would be that any of those presentations that you have, if you can record them yeah, we, we, don't, we don't usually record them but if, if at any yeah. time if, if you were to do so yeah. we would love to share them with the listeners okay. and, and if that helped increase the awareness of some of what you do mm-hmm. as well and help build that c- connection we'd love to do it okay well Joe thanks a million for taking a bit of time it's been great chatting with you I wish you every success and hope that you can maintain the vibrancy that was there and you have been achieving thank you very much Austin I've enjoyed it thanks